sales is a unique segment within the business world. It's pretty readily apparent if you're good at it or not, right? Mm. It's very hard to hide if you're expected to perform and you don't like, you know, that's going to be visible to the entire company, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to hide. Performance is really more about mindset. And one of the things that we teach our clients is about finding compelling reasons. What is causing someone to behave in a certain way? Mm. Usually that's in a sales component. However, when you're dealing with positive communication or effective communication, sometimes you need to know what is motivating and what is a compelling reason for the salesperson sitting in front of me? You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hi, everyone. It is a great day here at Estimate Rocket Radio, and I want to give you all a warm welcome. My name is Kathleen. I'm the director of sales here at Estimate Rocket, and I am joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank. Chris is the leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris. Hey, Kathy. Excited to go deep with our guests today. I know. I know. <laughs> as I as I mentioned in the podcast, I've actually known Ryan Groth for years. Uh, Ryan is a very interesting and dynamic individual. He's the CEO of Sales Transformation Group, STG for short, and his team is on a mission to transform and elevate the construction and building materials industry. They are just such a great group of people. We also have with us today, Jamie Schmidt, and he is a national executive and coach at STG. These two guys really have it all going on, Chris. Yeah, we're talking to a couple of very smart guys about sales. And it's not just sales methodology. It's not just the best sales tools out there. We're talking about building the perfect salesperson. Hey, that might be the title of this podcast. I just came up with that. But I truly do feel like when we're talking to the people at STG, they're talking about a sophisticated developed person that is the salesperson who ends up developing the skills and the tools that they need to be great at sales. So maybe it's 90% of great sales is about having a greatly developed salesperson. So we talk about what that really means in the spectrum between your personal life and your professional life and how those bleed into each other. I think these guys do a great job of building great people. There's a lot to learn here. Also note, we have released a new feature at Estimate Rocket for internal messaging, team texting, and at mentions in our Estimate Rocket software. Now your team can talk to each other, save all the conversations, manage all documents together, and communicate out to texts with each other. It's really cool. It's probably what's prompting us to talk about sales communication right now, but let's take it to the next level with a couple of great guys at STG, Sales Transformation Group. Hi, Ryan and Jamie. Welcome to Estimate Rocket Radio. Hey, Kathy. Glad to be here. Hey, it's so good to be here with you today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Okay. So we got some heavy hitters here today. We really respect the people over there at STG Sales Transformation Group. And we went to a conference not too long ago and mm -hmm. super impressed with everybody we met. You guys have smart customers, smart clientele. We love just getting to know them. 
And the team there is is an awesome team. And we thought we just wanted to do a podcast, pick your brains a little bit. We do have something new over here that we're really excited about. We're telling people that we have new internal messaging with at mentions. We do team texting. We've always had like big note pages where people on a project can get together and kind of share information and it's kind of collects everything in one spot. But now we have the team messaging. And so super excited, but we want to interact with people that know how sales team communication mm-hmm should be working. And we thought, you know, who knows best about this mm-hmm. stuff It's STG. So guys, I would love to hear you kind of just give us a little bit of the, an outline of what you think are the key methods for effective sales team communication. Like, you know, what content should go to your sales team, what content should be coming from them going between them, those types of things. So Ryan, I'd love to hear from you first and then Jamie. This is a really great question because uh, I think the first Thing that needs to be in place is like do you like what constitutes a sales team and what's important in the formation of the sales team uh, a common like sales team that we'll work with would have an owner with you know a handful of salespeople and the the next like improvement the next phase of that is there's an actual sales leader that's dedicated to coaching motivating holding the team accountable and recruiting new people onto the team where there really are a sales coach and they don't produce, like they don't sell, they don't get on a call and close deals. They, they actually coach. So th- let's just talk about the second one there. That's the ideal situation. Um, there's a few things that we would definitely encourage you to, to for content and frequency, the type of communication. First one is, is coaching. So if you as a sales leader can coach your team, we like to say 50% of your time should be spent coaching your team. So whether wow. that's looking at game film and recordings from the field, which we have partners that we love to partner with that record and capture and analyze conversations or um, spending time like working on specific areas for improvement that are identified soft spots in their game. If they could spend 50% of their time coaching, it's it's really wild. It's like if you think about how long it might take somebody to learn a skill. And the, the cool thing about coaching is it, it increases the amount of repetition and awareness of the skill that may somebody never may never hear about if they're uncoached. Mm-hmm. And then if not only that, there's if they're coached well, it's like a rapid learning and accountable track to like move them into that that level of a high performing professional salesperson. So you could spend more money on leads, right? You could spend more money on a, a lot of parts of your business to try to grow it, or you can invest time and money into a team member with a skill that doesn't that that's, that remains with that person, right? Like it remains. So it's mm-hmm. not like oh, generate more leads, close more sales. It's like well, invest in your sales team with the same amount of leads, and they'll close more sales. Right. So it's like an ongoing like perpetual improving, perpetually improving, continuously improving investment. So I'd say there's a lot more to it, but the main lion's share of sales team communication should be coaching through uh, the team environment, like in a group setting or in one-on-one. Jamie, what else do you think uh, should be added? You know, I, I agree with you. It's such a great question because I think it too often gets missed in the push to make sales. But 
I actually come at this question from a little bit different angle in that if you want to increase and have effective communication in your sales team, I would argue that it it comes, you have to come at it from a place of honesty and encouragement, right? Particularly if you're a sales manager or sales leader and the more honest, and I'm not talking brutal and you know destructive honesty, but just here's where we really are, but I'm going to encourage you to take the coaching, like you were saying, Ryan, then when you're talking about effective team communication, a good sales leader is going to build trust within his sales team or her sales team and make it a, a place where everybody can grow without, you know, just the, 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 we already deal with our own self-condemnation and stuff in a sales environment. And so having a good sales leader to pull that out of you is important, I think. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you mm. more. So what really intrigued me is when you guys are talking about effective team communications, um, so what would you suggest to our listeners as far as what would the meeting rhythm on a daily and weekly basis look like to you guys? How would you coach up? The rhythm we, we like to encourage and we do ourselves is a weekly sales team meeting huddle, you know, mm-hmm. which last week numbers, how do we do, how was our forecast, how close were we to our forecast, housekeeping items tweaks that were made with technologies that, you know, just ongoing proactive usage of a tool. Uh, And then we get into forecasts broken down by deal. So it should be like an environment of coaching, but some transparency and like some positive pressure applied to the team, you know, like Mm -hmm. competitors want to know if they're being, how they're doing, you know, so like let's Mm -hmm. pull up the scoreboard and stuff like that. And then one-on-ones throughout the week that are focused more on coaching. like, you know, for example, I'm coaching Jamie right now and we have an active backlog of coaching activities that we've held each other accountable to effectively moving the needle on through our plant. So we have like a way to organize that. We have a tool for that. Our clients are using that tool as well mm-hmm. to become better, more effective coaches. And then I like a weekly wrap up, but we've moved away from actually a, a formal call. And we've been doing Loom video recaps that the whole team sees. So, you know, Jamie will say, you know, on a Friday, he'll send his Loom video recap and he'll just share like how the how the week ended, how it wrapped up, was he, you know, close or not with his forecast, mm-hmm. uh, any changes, what was the reasoning, you know, just kind of shared his number of meetings he had through the week, did he hit his weekly goal? And um, what I like about that is like Jamie, you know, and in our team, Jamie's a sales leader or sales uh, account executive, and he also speaks on conferences and he does a great job with that. So he's like a thought leader and an actual producer on, on mm-hmm. our team. And so, you know, I, I get to kind of hear Jamie's, you know, tone and his, you know, energy coming through and how he presents the day or how he presented the week. And so does the rest of the team. So it's not a meeting, but it saves it saves time on meetings, but it's a, it's it's functioning like a meeting without having to jump on a meeting, which we don't recommend doing out of the box. I think like you can kind of earn the right to that once you get some culture and some consistency within your team. And it's probably good to wrap up the week with a meeting live anyway over time, but we like doing that. Right. Interesting. I would just encourage your listeners that if they don't have a rhythm, they need to establish one. 
right? Because I've talked to too many contractors and clients where it's almost like they just have an ad hoc philosophy towards communication in general. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that having an established rhythm, whether it's a weekly meeting on Mondays or Wednesdays or Fridays, um, it just enables you to fall into a predictability that lets you structure your day, right? And so as a salesperson, been in sales a long time, knowing what is you know expected of me from a time standpoint certainly helps me participate and be prepared to communicate and be prepared to share at our meetings. Mm-hmm. And I would just say as a tag on, along of what Ryan said, that Loom video is phenomenal. I, th- I, I did not do that um, prior to joining STG. And I think it, it might be one of my favorite things about it, uh, working there is that I can get, you know, we share our Loom videos with the entire team, right? Mm-hmm. So I get to see the, my teammates' Loom videos and I can be brought up to speed on what they're doing. And it's really effective with a remote workforce, right? right. So because like Ryan was saying, hearing somebody talking and hear their tone, it's so much more personable, even though we're not in the same place. Mm. It's so much more personable. Like I feel like I can connect a little bit more rather than just reading an email or seeing a spreadsheet with numbers on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. That seems really powerful. And I, I like the format of those videos because you can, as an individual, you can take the time to script it out, say exactly what you need to say in a short amount of time. And it's all yours and it's yours to give out to the company and let everyone listen to it. And you can go over whatever data points you want to in that video. So I really like that concept. And what's nice about it is that it limits you to five minutes. So guys like me who talk Mm -hmm. a lot, (laughs) it forces us, it forces me to get to the point, um, which is always something that I need help doing. Well, but that that's the gift of salespeople. If you if you are intuitively a great salesperson, you can pretty much have a conversation with anyone. And I have. Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, guys, as you were talking, and we, we've asked these questions here so far, but I think I anticipated that you would have right away some technical tips. And maybe we all cut to the chase on the hard skills that are easier to understand than soft skills. But you both spent some time talking about, first of all, the importance of coaching. I was shocked to hear you, Ryan, saying that 50% of your time should be coaching your team. And then, Jamie, you followed up with this idea of encouragement and trust. By the way, the Mm -hmm. positive pressure, as Ryan said, of encouragement. I love that, too. But it seems like there was this interpersonal focus that was even above the technical rhythms and skills that I, I just ignorantly probably anticipated from this. I think that's really interesting. And what's going on there? What, are we, what am I picking up on? Um, why is that an emphasis? Why do people maybe like me going into this and not, I'm not a salesperson, you know, extraordinary like you guys are. I know kind of about it. I work with marketing and sales, but I'm not those that, that level that you guys are. So what, what am I picking up on there that we need to better understand out there? People who are just getting into sales or trying to train their sales team, what might we miss sometimes that you guys are really communicating? Yeah, I would just say that we can't forget that salespeople, while we are naturally inclined to go out and talk and 
you know, be out there. We are, by the very nature of our job, we are facing rejection a lot. We are facing mm. hindrances and resistance. And part of being able to perform at a high level is by knowing that, A, I've got a guy or a girl in my corner who's invested in my success, right? Mm-hmm. And that can't be, this is going to touch on my honesty uh, comment earlier, that can't be faked, right? Someone is either invested in my success or he's not. And as a salesperson, I'm going to pick up pretty quickly if that person really is invested in my success. And so mm-hmm. what I think that you're you're picking up, Chris, is that any effective sales team, there's a real sense of camaraderie mm-hmm. that is top down. It's not bottom up necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about our team is that Brian knows how to do this and we know how to do it, but that doesn't mean that I've got it all figured out. Like I need someone in my corner encouraging me and pushing me and getting that last bit of effort out of me that I know is there and he knows is there. And in an, in an environment like we're describing, you're much more likely to see that kind of result rather than one where everyone is backbiting or fighting, or there's just not a high level of trust. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. it does. Um, and I think people would dream of the day where high level organizations and professionals don't have maybe those insecurities or mm-hmm. infighting on teams or competitive uh, thrusts that get people in the way of each other. But the fact is we're always, we're human and we haven't bred out those, those qualities, those very <laughs> human traits of ours and nor will we ever. And so it becomes more and more important. Sounds like to me that you stay on top of treating each other very humanely, like humans, mm-hmm. um, building trust and valuing that, that above everything else. I, I just really appreciate what you guys are saying and it. It humanizes the process a little bit. They're not just sales people, they're people great at sales mm-hmm. and you keep that forefront. So that's what I'm catching. I love that. Ryan, what's your thought on it? Yeah. Um, I like to say more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. You probably heard people say that about parenting or family. You know, I'm very, you know, I'm in a stage of my life where family is like right in my face all the way. I have, you know, just very thick <laughs> to think of it with kids. So as I'm learning family and parenting, I typically uh, tie that in the way I like think about business and um more is more is caught than taught is, is something that speaks to me because if Jamie is witnessing another salesperson start to really make a turn in their discipline or their uh, the amount of outbound activity they're doing or their social media activity or like a something they're working on that's a win and they drop like a truth bomb on the Monday huddle and or they're encouraging or what like they're going to learn from each other more based on action than based on like what's been taught on like a course, right? Which I love courses, but I can tell you that um, the industry is like watching us in the way we sell um, leading up to like the price way before just looking at the solution by itself. They're watching, like they're, they're like, they're saying, I like Jamie or I like my, I want to be like these guys. I want my sales guys to sell like Jamie. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're already thinking that before they decide to buy or not, based on how he is behaving with his actions. Mm-hmm. So we have at SDG, we literally have to be the best salespeople in the industry. <laughs> like we have to be the best at what we do right. because they're watching us and the team mm-hmm. members joining our team are watching us. And so, you know, that does mean that we're weak in other areas of our business. We totally, you know, are guilty of, of our own soft spots. But when you, when, 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 when we have a constant state of communication and we treat each other humanely, and then there's a team dynamic and there's that like exposure to one another, mm-hmm. people are going to ask the question, like, what are you doing? And then they're going to watch. And then that, mm-hmm. that that's going to like really by osmosis start to level the playing field or raise, raise the level <laughs> of the team. And so it's a lot of fun to see to see that and to highlight that and to praise that and applaud that and, you know, recognize it. And uh, like Jamie said, you know, to his points really, really, really well stated. And, you know, I think it's just, it's really powerful to see somebody step up their game and Mm -hmm. dig deeper, form a new habit and create a new normal. And then it like starts to create a new normal across the rest of the company, you know, just through their own, like leading themselves at a high, you know, the best they can. You know, I think what's important also, if I may just add something real quick, is that mm-hmm. human beings communicate, you know, a whole lot of different ways. And only one of them is verbal, right? Mm-hmm. And when, like what Ryan was saying about being more as caught than taught, right? I can communicate an awful lot of things without ever opening my mouth, right? So l- mm-hmm. teaching... And learning from each other and building a a sales organization that is aware of those things, right? You can can get results. I mean, the end result of communication is I need an action or a result, right? Or else Mm -hmm. I wouldn't need to communicate, right? So the action and results that we're trying to engender is increased sales and higher performance and all those things. Well, there's a way you can manipulate people into that and feel icky about yourself. Or you can encourage and bring those people along with you rather than, you know, it's like being out in front leading is a little harder than being in the back pushing with a whip, right? So Mm. um, that doesn't mean that you accept low performance. It just means there's better ways to get it. And being intentional about your communication is one of those ways. Mm. Wow. Very well said. Oh, very, very good. So, so Ryan, I'm going to ask you the next question. Um, what other tips do you have for our listeners when it comes to team communications and accountability? Uh, get Slack. Slack. <laughs> we have that. Mm-hmm. Get Slack. Uh, I like to automate some, uh, I like to automate CRM and technology with Slack. So like, I like to say, hey, when a deal's sold, you don't have to like, you know, do a screenshot of your sold deal and send it to the team in a group text. Like it could just set it up via via Zapier and automate or directly in the Slack. And then whenever a sale is made, it could just, you know, populate the channel, the sales channel, and then everybody Mm -hmm. sales made. So like little things like that, like a lot of CRMs aren't always communication tools. So why don't you just take the best communication tool out there in Slack and sync it up? So I would say that's the first one. Um, that's really important. And secondly is like, there's a couple of different levels of accountability. One would be like the leading activities. So, 
Um, you know, Jamie knows his per week. It's the same as the rest of the team. The, the number of discovery calls with mainly presentation meetings that, you know, we would conduct that, that are qualified and that are a good fit. So our goal is to have, you know, a certain number of those every week. And we know with our closing ratio, that'll shake out to hitting their goals. So like, I know that they got to do the leading activities or else that, that number won't get hit. So are they planning the day well? Are they prospecting well? Are they going to do enough events or putting enough activity on LinkedIn or doing what are they doing to get to those, to that number? And then, uh, so you got to hold people accountable to the actual behavior. The next thing that we want to hold people accountable to is, is the things in which we want to coach them on. So if like, let's say, Chris, you and I are, if I'm your coach, and we're talking about an area to improve, we've analyzed you, we know where you're at. Okay, this specific area, call it um, mastering social selling on social media, right? So for me and you, it's one thing for me to say, Chris, like, you need to be more active on social media, right? Mm. It's another thing to hold you accountable to our plan that we outline together, where we have a tool. We actually, you know, we like I said, our customers use it. It's called Coach Focus. And it, it basically allows the manager, the coach, and the salesperson to be aligned and accountable on the actual, like, laid, a path, laid, a path, laid out, agreed upon plan. And that's so powerful because so much coaching activity it's easy to just like like loosey goosey say something once and it never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that's where the accountability needs to come in. Is like, did we actually like improve or deliver on what we both thought was really important? Mm-hmm. For example, you know, my son, he's seven. We have a hitting coach, and I go and work with the hitting coach and him, and we're working on a swing. And it was like, okay, well. What are we going to do between now and next Saturday when we when we work out again that we can build on? And we had like two things. We were like, all right, here's what we're going to work on when we go to the backyard and hit. So now when we go next Saturday, I'm spending over a hundred dollars an hour getting this kid coaching because I, you know, we both want to do it. We're building upon something that's not just like five different things said once, and it doesn't actually sink into a habit. And that's like my worst fear is we're creating all these opportunities to help people grow in their sales career and sales leadership, but there's no, like, we're not getting to the finish line. We're not finishing the the book that we're assigning. It's just like, you start a book, read two pages and throw it away and read the next book. That's what so much coaching is. It's, it's not good. So we got to take it to the finish line. So you got activity and then actual like skill development. Those are two different levels of accountability that we think are really important and, and get slack. (laughs) And get <laughs> nice. What about you, Jamie? Well, I think that it's it's really <clears throat> an interesting de- delineation between skills development and behavioral development, mm-hmm. right? And so, when you're coaching in a sales environment, right, you you need to see both, right? You can't, you know, one doesn't necessarily happen without the other, but you have to be aware that both need to be addressed sometimes separately, but they are inextricably linked, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you think of a a fence being built, you have your slats that keep the dogs from running into everybody's yard, but without the frame that those slats are attached to, they wouldn't stand up, right? So you need two things all at once. It's kind of like asking what's the most important wing on an airplane, right? (laughs) Um, The answer is both of them. 
at so, the same time, even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so getting, having a, a, your communication account for the, the skill development and the behavioral development, right? I, I, I personally, I have been around some very, very talented and very good behavioral uh, people, salespeople, but they lacked certain skills. And the minute we started focusing on those skills, their performance took a quantum leap forward, right? So mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't focus on one to the detriment of the other. And they, you, they just good communication accounts for both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would even say maybe another layer of thinking about that. You probably have it embedded in one of those things, but behavior, skills, tools. So I think of somebody who you know, they're coming up on some kind of tool that they've never used before. It kind of requires a a new kind of adaptation. Like you have to kind of develop the skills and the behavior to use the right tool. So in a sense, like all those things evolve together. Um, and, and, And that's another thing interesting about these questions that we have and the way we're thinking about it sometimes is we're thinking about like, oh, what tools would you put in people's hands? And maybe you guys might respond, well, we'd put it in the skilled hands. And then and then before that, though, we put it in the behaviorally developed hand, you know, person with the skills who have the tools. So I think that's really interesting. I know you guys seem to do a really great job in that behavioral skills department. Uh, I remember we actually did a podcast with Ryan uh, last year. People need to check that out. And we were talking about how you guys develop salespeople. And I remember being similarly impressed with it, the way that you don't dismiss people's humanity and look for some kind of robotic way to train people that you want to develop the person, help them grow, help them achieve their goals, help them understand themselves a little bit better. And it's just so important. I wonder if um, the responsibility there is abdicated by some organizations. One, it's because it's complicated and sophisticated. Um, Two, because I wonder if people think I have no business, you know, going there. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel like you have to challenge people on a very personal level that really brings to the forefront really personal struggles or things that, you know, what, what are their real, real goals? What are the real inhibitors for them growing in this role? Do you guys find that? Wow. That's a really, really thoughtful question and deep. Um, Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I mean, we're in business, right? Which means we're all in the people business and we, you know, as much as we can automate, as much as we'd like, we, we, we still have people (laughs) in business. I love to automate everything and (laughs) nothing personally. No, I, I I think uh, you ask a really good question and I, I I think it's really important if I may just like, I can tell you that people will remember what you said, you know, they'll, they'll forget what you said and forget what what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel that, that quote. Mm -hmm. Um, and if somebody is sitting under another leader and that leader is making them feel, um, believed in challenged, uh, pushed in the right ways, like stretched, um, they're going to look back and be grateful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a, a lot of times that does step into a threshold of personal, you know, position as a mentor or personal position as a friend or personal position as a leader. And, um, you know, I think it's up to the leader how far they want to go into that. But 
I, I would say it's definitely worth going down that path. We have personal development mm-hmm. partners that, you know, we're, we're partnering with, with health and with like purpose so that we nice. don't always go that deep ourselves because then it starts to change from I'm your sales coach to I'm your life coach. And we can't be everything. <laughs> right. You can't be your fitness coach or your life coach. <laughs> you can't be your relationship coach, your, your marriage coach. Um, <laughs> right. We know all of that matters so yes. much. Like, right. Like if I, it's belief, you know, belief becomes before skill or behavior, like mm-hmm. before skill or behavior, belief has to be right. And so we're pretty big on that. Um, I, 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 but I, but I can't be all of what we talk about because then I start to, again, we start to become different types of coaches and, mm-hmm. um, but I, I definitely weave that into my message as, as the CEO of this company is like, you know, um, how I show up as a mom, as a husband, you know, with my wife and as a father, um, you know, as a, you know, as a person that I represent myself to be, um, that all really matters. And that's gonna, you know, leak out into the organization some way, shape or form. So yeah, I believe precedes both of those things. And we mm. do care about going into that threshold and opening it up, but strategically I've started a partner. So we actually have two partners. Uh, one is Cole Taylor with the starting line. So he's, uh, he definitely has got a lot of the fitness down and then coach JC with, uh, the win all day company. And he's all about purpose and personal growth. Mm-hmm. So we love it. We love it. We love it. I'll, I'll, you know, as much as we can to, to go there. And then I have some other things, you know, and just one more comment, like, it gets into like personal things like religion or faith. Right. So mm-hmm. those are, those are things that start to kind of come together. So I'm starting to create separate kind of uh, conversations or channels of conversation for that to, to happen, mm-hmm. but where you can still make that impact, but it's not like coming through the relationship as, you know, I'm your sales leader. Tell me about how you and your wife are doing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting that we're finding that you can't divorce your personal life from your professional life. That's that's a myth. Again, before the tool comes the skill, before the skill comes the behavior, before the behavior becomes even belief. And it's all, mm-hmm. there's no like seam between those things. It truly is like one continuum that it's hard to divide between, but I think you guys do a good job of getting behind in particular, if I had to find you guys on that spectrum, and it sounds like you're going back further, even, and you're connecting with those partners, but it sounds like you get behind the tool, you get behind the skill and you're getting back to, you know, behavioral development. That's where I see the concentration or that's what I, I'm starting to understand. So I just want to say for anybody listening to this, I don't see that all the time. I mean, we have, there are people out there and coaches who talk about head trash and owning your shit. And there's a lot of, I see that the smartest coaches do care about personal lives and see how the one feeds into the other. But when you guys talk about sales in particular, I remember again, Ryan, um, the first time we had you on a podcast was when I first started waking up to that, like, wow, they're doing something a little bit different here. Um, it's you're putting sophisticated people before sophisticated tools and methods. And that's so important mm-hmm. because that's 90% of what probably your sales is going to be about. <clears throat> People can find out more about you guys. Um, anything else that you want to add to that, Jamie? I don't know if you're if you're wanting you're to say ask, you're asking a salesperson if I have something to add. <laughs> <laughs> I know what have I done? <laughs> no, I would just say that you know, sales is a unique 
segment within the business world where it is, you know, it's pretty readily apparent if you're good at it or not, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to hide if you're expected to perform and you don't like, you know, that's going to be visible to the entire company, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to hide. And I think touching on our, our previous point here is that people are, you know, performance is really more about mindset, right? And one of the things that we teach our clients is about finding compelling reasons. What is causing someone to behave in a certain way? Hmm. Usually that's in a sales component. However, when you're dealing with positive communication or effective communication, sometimes you need to know what is motivating and what is a compelling reason for the salesperson sitting in front of me, right? And I don't need to get deep into a counseling session, but I at least need to be aware that there could be other things that are affecting performance Mm -hmm. and me having the discernment to know Mm -hmm. when to push, when to listen, and when to encourage all of those things, right? Some people need coach differently. I was a, a gymnastics coach for 15 years and some kids need to be, you know, ridden and pushed and hard, right? Some kids that would destroy them and they'd go find another gym, right? Mm-hmm. So learning how to interact on a personal level with your team is one of the most effective ways to encourage performance, mm-hmm. right? Wow. Love it. And as a little note to the um, communication side of it, so I looked it up. It's the author is Breen Brown. And the name of her book is Dare to Lead. And she actually does a masterclass um, on Netflix. She's one of the teachers. But you really want to do take a look at her book because we have found within the Estimate Rocket Leadership team that it was critical that we all learn how to communicate openly and honestly and to listen to each other's ideas because we come to the table with lots of personalities and everyone has these great ideas. And so you have to filter through them, take a few of them, and then decide which ones are we going to um, use within the company. So um, we found it really beneficial to read that book. Definitely. Well, Kathy, you want to take the last question and ask them? Sure. Okay. So the most important thing, we do love you guys. We think that your mission is incredible. Um, It's actually one of our missions in our software company is to elevate and really accentuate all the fabulousness, which is in these service contractors and the community of service contractors. Um, so where can our listeners find you and talk to you and see if it would be a good fit for them? Well, you should definitely contact Jamie Schmidt. <laughs> uh, we have a website. It's salestransformationgroup.com. I'm on LinkedIn um, and Instagram and Facebook. I, mm-hmm. LinkedIn's better uh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm also on LinkedIn. Um and you can connect with me on my profile there. Uh, also, Jamie at salestransformationgroup.com. Reach out to me via email mm-hmm. and uh, would love to have a conversation with you about all of these things. Whatever whatever is uh, you perceive as a need in your business, I'd love to explore that with you and see how we can come alongside and help. And I just want to tell everyone that we personally have known Ryan for years 
And we first met him through an Estimate Rocket champion um, at a PCA trade show. And we've been communicating ever since then. And we feel that what you're doing over there is, is truly amazing. So we encourage all of our community to just take a listen and see if it would be a good fit. Yeah, I love having you guys on. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for the invite. Love it. Thank you for being part of it. Thank you. It's always a pleasure having you guys on. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. You're asking a salesperson if I have something to add? (laughs) 